Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you today about when and how did you receive the Holy Spirit. I know this is a, this is a topic which, which everybody should know, but it is one of those that a lot of people has got misconceptions in the church. When and how did you receive the Holy Spirit? And as we're going to go through, it's a little bit of teaching, but I, wanna, I want you to really think about this when we go through this. If you see in the world today, you open up YouTube, you look at churches and so on, you see a lot of funny things happening. And, and the question is, you know, is this from the Lord? Is this the Lord? My, my endeavor is, is to answer some of that today. Now, I want to give you a disclaimer today. And the disclaimer is, I don't say that I know everything in the Word of God. I don't. No person in this place, and if there's anybody like that coming to you and say, I know all about God and the Word of God, I don't think so. I don't think so. There's a lot of things that we will even find out when we get to heaven. Hallelujah. So I want us to go uh, firstly to John chapter 14. And I want to talk to you about a promise. A promise that Jesus made to his disciples. And this, is, this applies to everybody in this place as well. Jesus' disciples was following him. And if you read through the, the first gospel, if you, not the gospel, the first one, but through the gospel of John, you will find that he's got a lot of followers, disciples following him. And then in these chapters, from chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17, he's preparing to go to the cross. He's preparing to die for you and for me. And when he was walking with them one day, he made this promise. He says there, and I will pray the Father, I will pray the Father, and He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever. Everybody say forever. forever. He says he will, he will be abiding with us. That means He takes residence with us forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. The world don't know the Holy Spirit. The world don't. They can't see the Holy Spirit. We talk about the Holy Spirit and they can't see it. I was working for a company in New Zealand once in there and there was a lady sitting in a room in a meeting and she went off about people talking about the Holy Spirit. And she go, oh, they get so funny. But she couldn't see the Holy Spirit, but we can. He says, because they neither see Him nor know Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you. Everybody say with you. And will be in you. And everybody say in you. So where is that place where the Holy Spirit dwells now? He dwells inside of you. He'll be with you and He will be in you. Now the promise here says He will send you another helper. The Greek word for that is parakletos. The parakletos, it's made up out of two words, parakletos. Para means to come alongside, and kletos is to give strength or help. Am I right, my brother? We've got a Greek here today, you know, Greek brother here, and he can help me out with that. Keep me on my toes. If you think about, and you've heard me say this before, but I'll say it for those who didn't know, if you know about parachute, who knows what's a parachute? If you fall out of an airplane without a parachute, you're in serious trouble. Now, parachute, it comes and it helps you to soften so that you can float to the earth. Paramedic, 
You think about a paramedic. Where did this word come from? Thank you to the Greeks. It came from the Greeks. Amen. <laughs> so paramedic means it comes alongside you and it's got the medical attention to help you. Now this is the same word that is used here. He says he is the helper. The parakletos is the Holy Spirit. The word here another means like the previous one. Those two words is important. He says another means like the previous one and a parakletos to help you. So if he says another one, it is like Jesus. Another one like Jesus. This is important to know. I hope you study your Bible like that. Here we find it. Jesus says, I'm giving you this promise. I will pray the Father and he'll send you another helper. He's going to send at you. And just to make sure he talks about the Holy Spirit, we look at verse 26. He says, but the helper, the same word as there. In fact, the King James Version Bible calls it a comforter. I like that. I like the word comforter because he comes to comfort you. My sister was testifying this morning in the hospital. She was there every single day and God spoke to her through whom? Through the comforter. He was there to comfort her. You know, it amazes me that so many people deny the Holy Spirit. They quench the Holy Spirit, the one helper that God sent you, and you do not want to know Him. You do not want to know Him. You want to do it your own way. Listen to me, young people, if you can get good advice today from this preacher. I'm not old yet. Don't go there. But if you want to get good advice, make friends and know the Holy Spirit. He is the helper. Now, he says it here. He qualifies it for us. He says, he says but the helper, the Holy Spirit. We know now that that helper is the Holy Spirit. Another like Jesus, uh, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Now, he was saying this to his disciples those who were following him. But he was also saying it to us. Now I wonder this morning, if I look upon your faces, every one of you, I wonder if you know the Holy Spirit this morning. Do you know him? Look, he says it right there. He says, he, the world cannot receive him. Why? Because they do not know him. Everybody say no. The word is gnosis. It means to have knowledge about somebody. Not only knowledge, but to experience that person. You see, I, my relationship with my wife is different. I know my wife better than anybody here. She knows me better than anybody here because we know about each other. We've experienced each other. This is the same here. He says, but you know him. Jesus takes something for granted here when he speaks to his disciples. He says, you know the Holy Spirit. And now the question comes to you this morning. I wonder, I wonder if you know him really. You see, some people say he's a mystical power. He's just that mystical thing which we can't work out with our mind. Some people say he's a force. And some people even want to compare him with the Star Wars thing, the force will be with you. That is blasphemy. Absolutely blasphemy. Because that force in Star Wars, I haven't watched it by the way, I'm not a fan, but I, I see the young people walking into the office and say, the force will be with you. 
I go, I, I'm not into that force. This force is not the force between darkness and light. It's not the good versus evil. There's, oh, the Holy Spirit is not in that combat situation there. Let it be known that on God's level, on the Holy Spirit's level, there's no other power like God. It's not my brother as if he's going to lose this battle. He's already won it. You should shout hallelujah right now. Let's give the Lord a hand in this place. Hallelujah. You see, some people say he's just the wind. And you will find some people that will come. And all the people fall over. We'll get to that in a minute. He's not a wind that blows like the wind out there. And then they say, wait a minute, because we go to the Bible and we read there, he's like the wind and he blows where he wants to go. Now the Holy Spirit is a wind. He's not a wind. Let it be known this morning. And then there's a group of people who says that he's the angel Gabriel. Those are the witnesses who come and knock on your door. You know those witnesses? The Jehovah Witnesses, the Russellites. Yes, the false witnesses, they will come around and they say, Oh, no, no, don't tell us that. Who's this Holy? We know who the Holy Spirit is. It's the angel Gabriel. But let me just say, brothers and sisters, here we can sit and laugh about it. What are you going to tell them when they knock on your door and you don't even know the Holy Spirit? You don't even know Him. It's easy to sit here in a group and to say yes, but you need to know the Word of God. You need to know Jesus Christ. You need to know God the Father. You need to know the Holy Spirit in able to withstand these attacks that will come against you. They say it's the angel Gabriel, but I want to ask you this morning, what do you call him? What do you call him this morning? What do you call him when somebody comes to you and say, explain to me that phenomena which is called the Holy Spirit. Let it be known he's not a phenomena. There is something about the Holy Spirit which you need to know. You see, I want to talk to you about how and when he lives in you, but I can't go there until I make this first foundation that you know him, that you know what I'm talking about. Let it be known that you will not know the Holy Spirit to its full depth until the day you die and see Him in His fullness. Now, who the Holy Spirit is, I can't preach that sermon. I can't preach it right now. I mean, Brother Andre took some time off me. I'm not holding it against you, Brother. I love you with the love of the Lord. But because I knew that was going to happen, I was preparing this for you. I've already preached four messages on the Holy Spirit. And this is your homework, okay? If you've got a photo, a camera, take a photo. If you want to quickly write it down, all these messages is on YouTube. It's on your website. This is good advertising right now, okay? And guess what? You get a set of steak knives with that if you go. No, but, but here is the thing, brothers and sisters. If you want to know the Holy Spirit, go and listen to these sermons. It, it will only take you maybe two hours, maybe two and a half hours. I'll try to keep it now. I can't. It's already posted. But if you go there, you know, in February last year, I preached through knowing the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit, and keeping step with the Holy Spirit. Go and listen to them. Turn off the radio and that worldly music and listen to the Word of God. Will you? That's your homework. I'm going to test you next week. Okay, come in and say, what did we say? What was the point out of that first one? 
No, but go and listen to that. Because I want to continue on thinking that you know the Holy Spirit sitting in this place. The first thing, there's a few statements I want to make before I get to the Word. The first statement is, listen to this, you must believe the Holy Spirit is a person. Somebody say amen. amen. You know what amen means? It means you agree. You must, listen, it's not if and what, you must believe I'm too loud for that thing. You must believe the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a wind. He's not a phenomena. He's not the angel Gabriel. The Holy Spirit is a person. It is in, in this particular sermon in there. I think it's in the person of the Holy Spirit. You can go and listen to that. I'll prove it out of the Word of God. You must believe the Holy Spirit is God. Who believe that? The Holy Spirit is a person, and that person is part of the Trinity of God. The word triune is not in the Bible, but it talks about the God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. When Jesus said, I'm going to pray the Father, He's going to send you another. This is why I love to bring these words out to you, brothers and sisters. These Greek words are so deep. You see, I, I look upon English as popcorn, honestly. Now you're going to love this. Don't get, don't get, uh, I, I see English words as popcorn, as fluff. I go, I go to the meaty words, which is in the Greek. And in the Greek, when he says another, it means like the previous one. Don't test me on that. This is why when Jesus says, I'm going to pray the Father, and he's going to send you another helper that is going to be just like me there is proof therein that the holy spirit is god can you say amen to that amen. whether you say amen or not that's true so that's the first thing you need to understand the holy spirit is a person and you must understand it you see there are three distinctives that makes a person knowledge feelings and will, and again, I'm, I'm promoting those videos right now, man. You've been sitting here, you've, you've heard those sermons, Brother Glenn, didn't you? These are coming back now. But it is all in those sermons. In, you know, if you want to be a person, you need to have knowledge, feelings, and will. Not only knowledge to understand, but knowledge to apply. That differentiates us from the animals. I'm not a monkey. You know, who believes this nonsense that we evolved from monkeys? <laughs> we did not. No, no, I've got knowledge which I receive. You can teach a monkey stuff, can you? Monkey see? You even know that. You can teach a monkey stuff, but it is the application of that knowledge that differs us from animals. And then feelings and will, and again, I do not want to repeat that sermon right now. So the first thing before I go on talking about how we receive it and when, you must believe the Holy Spirit is a person, and you must believe the Holy Spirit is God. Now, the second thing before we even go further, you see this whole sermon will have no impact on you. I'm going to spray it straight down the line. will have no impact on you if you are not born again. Yeah? I'm not asking you, I'm telling you. If you are not born again, my brother and sister, 
you will not be able to receive the Holy Spirit. You must be born. You see how I use these words, must? It is a strong word. It's a forceful word. And if I use my South African Kiwi accent, you must be born again. You must be born again before you can receive the Holy Spirit. You see, I find so many times people come around and they speak in tongues. Yes, they speak in tongues. But I look upon them and I see they are not born again. And I go, what do you, what do you have here? What do you have here? Oh, the Lord only used me from time to time when He wants to use me. The rest of the time I live my own life. There is none stuff like that. Let me tell you, that is a myth. What you hear right there. You must be born again. And I'm just going to take a few minutes to make sure everybody in this place knows what I'm talking about. And that you sitting here are born again. Because you see, my wife says I need to slow down, I talk too fast. You see, brothers and sisters, I don't know whether you are born again. I don't. You can't tell whether the person next to you are born again. You don't. Only you and God knows. Oh, we look upon the fruit of a person, yes? We look how they react and the lives they live, yes? It gives you an indication, yes? But then even, even Satan can give himself forth as the angel of light. And there's a lot of mimicking going on in the world, but also so in the church. This is why, you know, we're a small church here. We won't have mega churches because I preach this way. But that's the truth. That's the truth. You must be born again. You see, if I ask you this morning, are you born again? Some people here will say, well, I don't know, preacher. That's what some of people in this place will say. Oh, well, I don't know if I'm born again. Uh, and, and some people will say, can one know? And, and I listen to people's testimonies. I, I hear when people talk. And you hear people say, oh, I'm so afraid I'm not going to make it into heaven. I don't know by the time I'm getting to my deathbed whether, whether uh, you know, I'm going to make it or whether I'm, maybe, maybe God has got scales in heaven. You know, your good works and your bad works. And I don't know, preacher, maybe when I, when I come up there one day, they're going to put all my good works in here. And it's if I wait by the bad, I'm going to hell. This is how people talk. Christians talk this way. I see a lot of fear these days in Christians. I hear people say, oh, I don't know if I'm going to sin five years from now. That You know, I might slip and fall. I might slip and go. And then I, I, all the years that I've prayed, you know, I did, you know. But now I've lost it. I hear people talk like that. And then I open up the Word of God and I go, but this is a contradiction. The question is, can one know that you are saved this morning? You know, you, we started with the Holy Spirit. You go, why are you here? Because I need to make sure before I talk about the Holy Spirit, you are born again. And here it is, brothers and sisters. I, I've got so much. I can preach a whole sermon about that. But I want you to look what John writes, okay? At the end of the gospel, in John chapter 20, verse 30, John writes this. He says, and truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. I've heard a preacher one day say, he believes and I believe so as well, if all the works that Jesus had done, this Bible would be too small. He's done so much for me. Amen for you. 
I see it's not written in this book. Now listen to this now. What does the word but means? Sharp contrast. He says, but these are written. Why? That you may, everybody say that word. That you may believe that Jesus is the Christ. He says that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Now notice clearly he didn't say by believing and doing a lot of works. I believe in faith alone. In faith alone. You come to Christ in faith alone. Nothing else. There's nothing that you and I can do that will please God. Look, if you say to me this morning, I can do stuff that will please God, then I'm telling you, I'm looking back at a whole testament in the Old Testament of very good people, maybe better than you, who failed because they could not obey the law of God. This is why Jesus Christ came. And he fulfilled the law of God. Now, now listen to me. By far, we're not throwing away the law. Because there's many more laws in the New Testament. Have you noticed? But I'm not writing them down. And now I'm starting to work hard to achieve them. I am in Christ and he is in me. And he gives me the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, look at this now. John says, I write all of these things to you in the Gospel of John. Why? Why did he write all of those things down? For one and one reason only, that by believing in Jesus Christ, that believing you may have life in his name. We know that the name Jesus means uh, Jehovah is salvation. We know that. So if you believe that Jehovah is salvation, it means that you believe you're a sinner. And Christ means the anointed one, the Messiah. Do you believe in the Messiah today? Now he writes this, and I want to say to you this morning that John is giving us an indication that you can know sitting here this morning that you are born again and that you are going to heaven. He says, yes, you can. And he writes it, the same John in the letters. Later on, you say, wait a minute, John, you were writing in the Gospels, the Holy Spirit inspired you to write this. And by the way, who knows the Bible? The whole Bible is written by God. In Timothy, I think 2 Timothy 3, 16, he says that the whole, the Bible is the, is the inspiration of God. It's the, the breath of God. Look at this now. In 1 John, chapter 5, he writes, he says, and this is the testimony, the testimony that God has given us what? He has, he has what? He's given us what? Come on, church, he's given us what? You should shout hallelujah. Amen. He's given you eternal life. No, no, not a brand new motor car, not a brand new house, not a brand new whatever. He's given you eternal life. You are going to live forever. You look at the Hollywood stars and they pump stuff in their faces to look younger and they drink medicines and stuff to live forever. They are going to die And if they don't watch it, they're going to die twice. The second death is the one that they need to worry about. And here it is. He says, this is the testimony. Oh, be with me. The testimony that God has given. Everybody say given. Did, did you have to work for that? No, no. These are massive words, brothers and sisters. 
You know, I would love to go into my concordance of Greek and open up that word there, but I haven't got time for now. As eternal life, and this life is where? Is in His? In His Son. By believing, the previous verse says, believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. This is so beautiful. He says this, look at this now, given us eternal life, this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has what? He who does not have the Son does not have life. That is as simple as it can be. I'm not here to preach to you, come to church, do this, be good, be that. All that this is going to happen is he's going to change your life around and the sin you used to do, you don't want to do them anymore. The things I used to do, I don't want to. You know, I asked my, my daughter to do the dishwasher. <laughs> the dishes piles up and I go, Sharia, please do the dishwasher. Yeah, dad, okay, I'll get to it. But why will she get to it? Because it's an instruction. And we know what young people do with instructions. I'll get to it. Tonight, dishes. Sorry, ah! Come and do the dishes. Yeah, dad, I'll get to it. Why didn't she get to it? Because it's an instruction. We feel we have to do it. There's a burden that we need to do it. But if she wakes up in the morning, oh, I love my mom and my dad. You know, they give me everything. It is such a lovely place, blah, blah, blah. I wake up, I walk into the kids, look at the dishes. You know what I'm going to do? Because I love them, I'm going to do the dishes. I know it's a simple example, but that's how salvation works. The things I used to do, the sins I committed, and the things I do, why did I do them? Because in me is that nature, the fallen nature, that wants to do those things. And I do those things and I try to find pleasure in those things. Just to realize, listen to me young and old people all together because I'm still young. Listen to me this morning. Listen, when you realize you do those things that make you feel good, there cometh a day when that's going to eat you up and make you feel dirty and rotten. Yeah? He says it here. He says, if you have the Son, you have life. But then He saved me through the cross. And now I walk in the love of God. And now I look upon those things I used to do and I go, no, man. It's not my gig anymore. I don't want to do that. Is that you? Is that you this morning? Then you have the Son. The Son is with you. And now, let me just say you this one. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13. He says, again, he qualifies this. This is John. He says, these things I've written to you. Who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know. Everybody say, may know. Amen. That you may know. Everybody say it again. I want, to, I want to you to repeat it so that it, it sinks in. That you may know. What that you may know that you have eternal life. Hallelujah. So you can know that you may know. Um, it is the Dr. Ironside, I, rem I, I read a piece about him, he was a great preacher in the 1800s. There was an older man coming to him and he said to him, Dr. Ironside, I don't want to continue on in life, I don't want to go. He was, you know, getting frail. I don't want to die before I know that I'm saved. I need to know that I'm saved, Dr. Ironside. He said, there's no purpose for me to live on if I don't know. And Dr. Ironside said to him, well, if an angel appears to you, tonight and the angel says to you that you are saved 
you will go to heaven. Will that do it for you? And he says, yeah, for sure it will do it for me. I will certainly know. That will do it for me. It will settle the case. And Dr. Ironside said to him, then on your deathbed, if that same angel comes to you and he turns into Satan, and he says, I've been lying to you. He said, and the complexion of that man fell, and he goes, I didn't realize that. Because you see, Satan can come as the angel of light. And he said to him, I've got better news for you today. Don't wait on an angel. I've got the Son of God. And he actually quoted this verse to that man. This verse where he said, these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. He says, I give you the Son of God that you may know you have eternal life. Now, I just want to take a few minutes. And, and look, I, I'm going to say to you, I'm not going to preach long. I may just stop and preach this in part two. Okay? But I need to stop at this point in time and talk to you about how to get born again. If there's somebody sitting in this place, or maybe there's somebody listening to me right online, they need to know this. It is, and this is not mine, I found this very helpful, but it's the ABC. The ABC, my brother Glenn, you know this. You've seen this a few times. You know, are you born again? If you want to be born again this morning, there's only one way. Admit you are a sinner. You need to admit that you're a sinner. You see, a pride and a boastful person cannot come to God. You know, you are too full of yourself. Sorry to say it to you. I mean, you, you might get really upset with me. That's fine. But don't get upset with Jesus. Admit you're a sinner. Come to him humbly and say, Lord, I've sinned. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's you and me included. You were born a sinner. Forget this nonsense where they come to you and say all children are bo born pure. That's nonsense. You, you talk to young parents today, uh, you know, beautiful parents in Christ. That child grows up to become one and a half, two years old, and they fall on the ground and throw a tantrum. They scream like something you've never seen out of life. And you go, where did you learn that, from your mother or from your father? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> I've had children and I've got grandchildren. <laughs> But you are born with a sinful nature. Rebellion is born in your heart when you come out of the womb of your mother. That's just how it is. Now you can fight it, you can talk about it, you can bring all of your theo theologies and theories or anything you want to, but the Bible says you're a sinner. The only problem is not for you to say the Bible says it, it's for you to realize you're a sinner. Because if you see yourself through God's eyes, you will not like what you see. You will not like and then the second step is you come and you believe in your heart. You believe in your heart Jesus is your Savior and die. You see, the thing is, my brothers and sisters, if you believe you're a sinner, then you need to know that you need a Savior. You need a Savior, and that Savior is only one, and His name is Jesus Christ. Romans 6 verse 23, He says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Listen to this now. <laughs> this, is, this is so Beautiful for me. He says, the gift of God, eternal life, is in whom? You read it out. Come on, church. Christ Jesus, our Lord. You want to know what these words mean? This word Christ means He's the Messiah. It means He's the anointed one. The anointed one. Okay? And the second word there is Yeshua, is salvation. 
He is our salvation. And that word there is a title. That means his deity. Did you know that when he went to the cross, the anointed one went to the cross to die for a filthy, rotten sinner like me? I had nothing good to show. Nothing. I stood there and I thought, wow, look at how bright I am, but I'm not. Until I realized that the anointed one came and died for me. And this is what you believe. You come to him and you say, Lord, I accept. I accept that, that perfect offer that was given to me. You see, in the Old Testament, they had to bring an heifer, which was a perfect heifer to offer. They had to bring animals, but this was the perfect one. Listen to me. First, you admit you're a sinner this morning. Secondly, you believe in your heart that Jesus is your Savior and He died for your sins. And thirdly, you confess your sin. There is so many churches these days who preach a sinless, listen now, a sinless repentance. I listen to people's testimonies. And nowhere in their testimony I find that I came and I confessed my sin to God. Oh no, He changed me and I became a better man just gradually. No, no. There comes a day and a time when you confess to the Lord. And you say, Lord, this is my sin. And, and listen to me, listen to me. You don't confess to man your sins. There's a, there's a group, they came to me in New Zealand, they go, we need to have confessing services. I was a young pastor, I'm still a young pastor. <laughs> I'm getting younger as the day go by. <laughs> but, you know, I was a young pastor and I think, you know, and a lot of people see your kindness as weakness. Have you heard that one before? And I like to be a kind at heart, and a lot of people see it as a weakness. There may be people coming through these doors in futures. They see me as a weak guy, and praise the Lord, bless their heart. I may be weak, but he's strong. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You don't, if you look upon my smiley face, you don't know the power that's behind me. Hallelujah. But these men came, and they said, we need to have these confessing services. I go, Yeah. That's interesting. Tell me more about it. No, no, we all get together as a church, and then we pray in. You know, we don't pray, we pray in. You know, and, I, and I go, okay, how do you pray? You continue, 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 sweat coming down, you know. You pray in until you're in, and then the Holy Spirit will get people to stand up and confess their sins. I said, man, not when this, you know, kind little pastor is, that will never happen, because we confess our sins to God. You haven't sinned against me. You might do me wrong, which you need to fix, but you've sinned against God. Who do you confess to then? You confess to God. You don't go to the Pope and pay something. I, I know now in Rome they've got these little machines now. You can actually put a coin in and confess to the machine. You don't do that. You confess to God because you've sinned against God. Listen, Romans 8, 10 verse 9, it says, If you confess with your heart and, and with your mouth, Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, my brother Fabian read it last week on the, on the Lord's table. He says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
I just want you to take a moment or two to think your life over. For the people who's online, if there's somebody, maybe in future year, they stop right now. Think about what he's done and who you are. You see, I want to preach about the Holy Spirit. I desperately want. I want to continue on and preach and tell you exactly where I believe the Bible of the Lord teaches us how and where and when the Holy Spirit coming. But if you are not born again, this is all futile. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. Nothing can help you. Nobody can help you but Him. Now, if there's people who are sitting in this place, and you don't have to, I'm not going to make a fuss and a show out of it. You know, we don't have to stand now, heads bowed and all of this stuff and bring you out for a two-minute prayer. You know exactly now if the Holy Spirit is talking to you. I do want to ask you one thing. If the Spirit is talking to you and you make that commitment in your heart, go this afternoon. Make an appointment with Him. Say, Lord, I want to talk to you this afternoon. You know, I, w- I was praying in South Africa next to a man once as a young Christian. I'm still young, but as a younger Christian. And uh, it, really, it really cut my heart what he said. He was praying next to me, and he uh, was in a Pentecostal church, you know, where people pray out loud. You know the Pentecostals, they can pray, pray loud. But I could distinctly hear this man's prayer next to me. And while everybody was saying beautiful words in this, you know what I've heard this man say next to me, a young man? Around about my age, a little bit older. He said, Lord, I don't know what's happened to me today. I don't know. And I don't know what to pray. But this is what he said. He said, can I make an appointment with you? I think it was in the night. He said, tonight, to come and sit and talk to you. Wow. Then I knew the Lord had spoken to that man. He said, Lord, I want to just make this out. My, my brother, Andre, you said the very first verse that you read on the table was, uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 he says let's reason together let's reason together yeah though your sins were like scarlet and as red as crimson I will wash it white than snow Heavenly Father I just want to pray now Father, I don't want to be uh, hardened against what your Spirit wants to do. Father, I just pray now as your Spirit has already spoken to people in this place. Father, if there is a heart that is needy today, that needs to, even for our friends online, the ones who's not here, brothers and sisters who will follow us and listen to these sermons later on. Maybe there's somebody during the week, Father, of those people who's in Germany and in, in Ireland and in Britain and maybe in America who's hearing this and, and somebody needs to hear this, Lord. I just pray right now as the Holy Spirit speak to their heart. Father, I pray have mercy and pity upon them. If there's anybody in this place this morning, Lord, and it breaks through the gospel of Christ, that it it is just Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the life, the truth, and, and, and the way to the Father. You can't come to the Father except through me. Not through an angel, not through Mary, not through Peter, not through Paul, not through John Shipman, not through the Kingsway Christian Fellowship, but through Jesus alone. He is the Lord and Savior, and He is Christ. Father, I pray if there is somebody in this place who feels 
by the Spirit touched, Lord, that you continue your work through the Holy Spirit. I pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm going to stop here today. I don't want to over-preach. But um, I want to ask you, if you are sitting here today and the Lord did speak to you, contact me. Send me an email, if, if that's the way you do. Talk to me. I just want to pray for you and I want to walk with you. I want to fellowship with you. Because, you know, being born again is the first step. Then you need to know and learn the doctrine and the gospel. And there's not only me, there's other brothers and sisters in this place who are mature in the word. Talk, fellowship. Don't be shy. Don't sit here and go, wait a minute. I am, I'm not going to name ages now, but I'm this age old. And what are they going to say if only now I come to the Lord? You know what I'm going to say if you come to me? I'm going to say, praise the Lord. He's gracious. Yeah, do that. Come to me. I'm, I'm here for you. I want to pray with you. I want to guide you. I want to tell you what to read. I want to tell you what I've read. Amen?